Hey everybody, we got another episode of Box Wine and Witchcraft. I've got oh. Holly with me. <laughs> and Holly, in bulk is coming up. It is one of my, uh, it's, it's a favorite of mine for sure because um, in bulk has everything to do with even in the darkness, even in the, of this winter, because winter is not exactly my fave, but um, it kind of is a, a very hopeful reminder that spring is around the corner. And it also um, is basically um, Bridget's Day, which is one of my um, goddesses that I work with. So it's always um, kind of a special time for me. And um, so Impulk uh, definitely is, um, it's halfway point between the winter solstice and then the spring equinox. And it is generally celebrated around February 1st or 2nd. Um, and in the old uh, Celtic calendar, it really marked the beginning of spring um, for them. They're, they're a little bit ahead of us, I think, in, in weather. I was going to um, say, usually. Yeah. There, <laughs> there's still winter left, but it's sort of like the stirrings underneath is kind of like what's going on there. And so um, in which um, I'm hoping in the next couple of years to actually witness, I'm, I'm really hoping to see this, but um, it's sort of like our uh, bulbs that come up even through the snow. So mm -hmm. the the snowdrops come up through the snow at that time and are just starting to like, it's the very, very first um, flower that's coming up. And it's, um, it's just a time of, it's a reminder for everyone that, uh, Winter is not going to last forever, and that sort of dead time is, you know, there is hope coming around around the corner, and it's we're not quite there yet, but it's it's definitely coming, and so, um, you know, it's it's sort of like one of the we've talked about this so many times about that circular time and how the Celts really believed that there wasn't death wasn't really death it was just a transformation and and always you know we we talked at the new year at Samhain at the, the, you know, the final harvest festival, that basically that was the preparation for the onset of, of winter. And so in Celtic belief system, it was always that the light always follows the darkness. And so even, even the Druids, um, the way that they looked at time, at, um, they would start the beginning of their day in the evening. So oh. that's how they looked at it, that the darkness um, goes first and then the light follows after. I didn't realize mm -hmm. that. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting concept, but to me, it brings me a lot of hope, especially around this time, because I get real, I get very funky in January, because I'm like, come on, man, I need some light, and uh, it's just been, I think this year has been a particularly dreary winter, not a lot of snow, but it's just gray all the time, and I'm just... Very gray, yeah, very overcast. Exactly. At least here in Ohio. Exactly. <laughs> Indeed. So I am definitely looking forward to... Um, um, you know, obviously at Yule, the, you know, that was the point where the, we started to gain after Yule just a little tiny bit of light every single day. Mm -hmm. And it's not really noticeable, but feel better that we know that it's coming, it's coming, it's coming back. So at this time, um, for the Celtic people, the indigenous peoples, you know, it was a, a farming culture and they knew that probably the worst parts of, of uh, winter were over. Um, they knew that it was time for them to get excited about um, planning 
for the crops coming forward and breeding the animals and that they knew that life was, you know, definitely coming forward. Um, at this time, they really, uh, they celebrated Bridget and it was a, one of the fire festivals, just like uh, Samhain is a fire festival, but it was a different vibe because Samhain um, was very, uh, very much um, just a joyous celebration with community. Remember we talked about how, you know, they would, they would light one fire in the middle and then everyone would take from that fire and light, you know, light their own hearths, et cetera. This festival was different in that it wasn't so much, it was sort of a communal um, family kind of a celebration. It wasn't as big of a, you know, whole um, sort of um, tribe or however you want to put it. So they, um, they very much had uh, festivals because it was about, um, it was about, realizing that your family, your immediate family needed protection and that, and you needed to make plans. Like you needed your whole community, but ultimately it's your field that you need to, you need to make fruitful. It's your responsibility. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of like that, I think very much like it, you know, it was kind of bringing it down to, okay, we, we're part of the whole, but we need to pull our weight and we need to plan for this and we need to, um, you know, plan for the return of the light, et cetera. So um, they, at that time, they would, they would, you know, have a celebration, et cetera. They would have, um, they would um, bake certain breads, et cetera. Um, but this time was also in bulk, actually, in Gaelic means um, in the belly. <clears throat> because this time, depending on, um, weather patterns and how the animal behavior, et cetera, there would be, um, the, the sheep would be pregnant this time. Mm. So, uh, that had, um, you know, it, that was part of the celebration and a lot of the, um, there's a lot of megalithic monuments all around the Celtic world that are aligned with both Samhain and Imbolc as well. So that's kind of interesting as well. I think everybody's so, so used to hearing Stonehenge. Oh, I know. So if they were to go investigate. There, yeah, there and there are tons of them all over, including like in the Isle of Man. At, I mean, it's in Wales, like all over the Celtic world. It's not just Stonehenge. There's so many more. Um, and wooden and Glastonbury. ones too. Oh yeah, they're. I mean, really cool. And those wooden ones are really neat because um, a lot of times those were in. They were closer to the sea because they saw that as a liminal space in between and it was almost they would build this bridge to this to this um some sort of a um, celebratory you know um like uh statue or that sort of monument of some sort but there were a lot of wooden like um platforms that almost were a path to that and okay. they so it, it's a really it, it's really fascinating stuff so for all of you guys that might be interested in archaeology and that kind of stuff it's like it's Go down really that cool rabbit hole oh yeah i love it it's so cool but um you know this is this was again like all celtic belief systems it was a time of you know it was that turning of the wheel and it was a time of transformation because things were things were underneath things were happening underneath there was hope there was you know all of this um you know tr just um, not giving, not giving up, not giving in, I think, you know, because we forget how hard life was. I mean, we get in our little hamster, you know, hamster on a wheel kind of grinds, but mm -hmm. we have coffee, darn it. You know, <laughs> it's like, 
we have coffee and, and I hope right. you know that the sun is coming exactly. back. Exactly. <laughs> Indeed. So um, they would actually, there were a lot of interesting mythologies because like I said, this was also, this was Bridget's day. And we, we've talked a little bit about Bridget, but Bridget was um, originally a druid. Um, she was, uh, and she was basically used by um, the early Christians and converted because they knew that, that Bridget was so important in, in their religious beliefs that there was no way that they would ever convert them if they didn't get Bridget along for the ride. So they just conveniently changed it her from a goddess and a druid to, to a, a saint. saint. Right. But it's the same, it's the same, the same being mm. ultimately. And so a lot of the same customs and, and um, people changed the idea. They celebrate in bulk, but they call it candle mass. And they, um, they, so there are Christian versions of the celebration. But it's the same celebration. <laughs> so they um, traditionally um, they would uh, go and, like I said, they would burn fires, individual fires in their homes. They would create um, uh, from from reeds, etc. They would create um, Bridget's crosses, which look very much like a turning of the wheel. If you come to the if you come to the celebration, the Invoke celebration, we just might make some. Okay, because I'm kind of excited, but it's it. <laughs> it's very much like weaving, and it's it's just a really cool thing. They used them to protect uh, against bad weather, so they believed that Bridget would um, uh, kind of bless the house, and uh, they used them against lightning. And hmm. at that time, it kind of makes sense. So uh, sometimes there have been um, houses and barns where there there will be just like you know all of these crosses that were made. Um, throughout the generations of family members, which is kind of a kind of a cool thing, but um, there's also um, I don't, I've talked about the Kaliak as well. I think in um, but the Kaliak was a goddess who more of a elemental goddess, and she was uh, feared. I think we talked about when they at the end of the harvest season they would put um, they would save the uh, basically the doll because um in the spring they would put it um into the into the earth and bring back the spirit of the of the grain etc but the colic was linked with that as well because she was seen as a transformative um almost like a uh grandmother winter or gra grandmother uh, hag of winter she's often referred to and she was often re um seen as this blue woman that would you know be um changing the winds and uh she was not someone to mess with for sure and so we have groundhogs day right so that's sort of based on this as well so what happens is they believe they believed and still do in the celtic world that um if kalia if it is a nasty nasty uh, day she won't come out and pick firewood and so she'll go back to sleep and we can all be excited because spring's right around the corner. But if it's a sunny day, it can be cold as cold as can be. But if it's sunny, we're in for it because she can come out and get her firewood and we're going to have a much, much longer winter. 
So I've so got the wonder... chloroform for the college. Right. I heard <laughs> that. So because at that time, then the belief system and some some traditions even believe that the Kaliak and Bridget are somehow like almost like um, a, a, like a two faced goddess, um, even though Bridget is seen as a as a um, she has three aspects to to her as well. But usually they see it as um, the Kaliak turns to stone and then Bridget awakens. She's been dreaming and sort of in that dream state. And then she awakens and then re- renews the world and brings back, mm. brings back life. Kind of almost like a Persephone kind of a. Um, it's interesting. Um, the Dresden Files and mm-hmm. uh, the Winter Fairy and the Winter Court right. and certain storylines. I'm like, mm, that's where he's pulling a lot mm-hmm. of this from. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I always laugh because I think of Groundhog's Day, but I'm like, no, it was it, whether or not the Kalia could see her shadow or not. <laughs> so yes, chloroform sounds like a great plan. I, I love that. Um, but uh, Bridget was really interesting because um, she was considered, like I said, she has like often three aspects. So there's like sort of the dreaming um, state. And then she is known as, I see her very much as a fire goddess. She is to me, inspiration, the creative inspiration of life. She's fertility, both of body and spirit um and to some degree i think that um the obviously her symbol is indeed the uh snowdrops because they're these delicate looking little flowers Mm -hmm. and yet they brave that you know they come right through the the snow and it's just kind of an amazing beautiful thing but um she was and of course then she has one of her other signs is actual fire and um, there are many of us that keep uh, where we consider ourselves um, flame keepers to Bridget because it's like that keeping that that energy going, that creative, uh, you know, force throughout the year. And mm-hmm. and um, so she was really interesting because, like I said, she was da- the Dagda's daughter. She was part of the Tuatha de Danann and um, she was a druidess of both poetry and like I said, um, inspiration, arts and crafts, healing and smithing. So there's this sort of badass part to her. And then there's this like, you know, like poetry and, you know, lovely, and lovely flowers. Right, exactly. <laughs> but then she's like wielding flames and it's kind of an amazing thing. Right. <laughs> so um, so I just I love her because I, I kind of like I can relate to this. I can really relate to this goddess. Let me tell you. So anyway, um she she really like i said the the Kaliak, um kind of represented the, the dark half of the year and then bridget was the lighter half of the year so um and in traditionally they would visit wells because um she also was connected with holy wells anything uh related to water um was sort of a um a way of entering or connecting with her um across the hour shade across to the other side and um there are all over to this day i'm hoping to actually visit some um that they 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 go they pray they uh make offerings to her they light candles at um in the the christianized version it's kind of interesting because they kind of do the same thing they go and they pray they get candles because they know that and then they take the, the candles home 
to, um, to their own homes, which it's that continuation of the light and that, you know, um, new opportunities and um, in the, in the spring and going forward into the world. And I just, again, it's, it's an ultimate, like, we did this, we're going to, we're going to make it and life is worth living. And it's just everything that, um, it's just a, I think a, a time of just, it's a hopeful time, you know, it's a, a good reminder, however great it is, you know, it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's, um, that is basically kind of the, the story behind it. I think that um, I know that I will, I'll have uh, some incense for everybody that comes. Um, Ro- Rowan Berry's one of her like important um, um, herbal um, ties. Mugwort, I think for dreaming, which makes, makes total sense. Um, cinnamon fire uh, and marigolds, calendula, that sort of thing. And, are usually in, you know, part of an incense that you would make to honor Bridget and involve. I usually, um, I always have uh, on my altar, I always have stones that are, um, that make sense for the time as well. And so I, I always put, I really, um, I like for the, the greening, I, I like uh, malachite, of course, it's healing and transformative. And then I think that uh, tree agate and tree moss are both really like grounded to the the earth and to the, they also have a connection with the forest, which is always a connection with the Awashe. Mm. Um, and then I think aquamarine really kind of connects with that idea of the water and the wells and moonstone for that transformation and spirit work. And then anything that really is speaking to you in regards to that fire of inspiration that bringing back of the light because it's actually a bringing back of the of the light um always drawn to carnelian and orange calcite and so i think you know it, it's you come in and feel you know if you're you're thinking about celebrating come in and you know choose the stones that are speaking to you but um i think that uh, you know, it's a wonderful time because wonderful. I, I'm so I'm always looking forward to Astara and Beltane because then it's just like the forest comes back alive, and I think that we reflect all of that as well in the seasons. So I'm very much I um, I always love doing these. I think it's it's fun just to you know think about what's the history of all of this and also like how we can celebrate it and making. It meaningful in our lives as well so it's interesting that you said carnelian because mm-hmm. i was wondering if carnelian would be mm-hmm. in your list or is that more of a summer like it, the heat of summer so it is like very much um usually you know i use it in the summer months and you know lila and um definitely i use it later but i do think that for me, that inspiration of, I don't know, but like, I'm already starting to, I have my notebook of ideas of creative things that it's like this time of the year just starts to like, it's coming and I can feel it, you know, it's Mm. still cold and dreary, but it's like, um, it, it, to me, it kind of depends on how you're feeling. I know orange calcite is a kind of a, it has like that carnelian vibe, but it's just a little bit less intense. Mm. So I think, I think, do you, I think what, you know, whatever makes whatever feels right to you in that fire and you know now i know you you mentioned um the the snow flowers yes um i've been more 
um, informed about daffodils being the first oh, yeah. ones to come through. So mm-hmm. do they kind of fall in line with her? Or? So I, because of where we live, obviously, I usually end up, even with when I make my incense, et cetera, and when I make my offerings, I always add like flowers to my, to my altar, et cetera, in the cel- when I celebrate. And so I usually can find some daffodils that are maybe been forced. Mm-hmm. So I bring, you know, I bring those as well. And they're, they're in my list here in, uh, in parentheses, because it depends on, because I keep threatening, I have bulbs and I'm trying to force some bulbs for snow, snowdrops, whether or not it's going to work is, is uh, still, <laughs> grow, right. Grow. Cause I'm like, I, I have here maybe next year. Cause we'll see <laughs> if they come. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I also love daffodils, and we're because that's more like for here. Yeah, it's symbolic as well because it's so they're such delicate looking flowers. That's what kills me. But they're there's they're fierce, and that's what Bridget's about. You know, it's mm-hmm. that like well, and I know people are not a fan of them for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and they're they're not my most favorite. Mm-hmm. But I like seeing them because I'm like, too. oh, we're we're coming up exactly. around the corner finally. Exactly, it's that like. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like, mean, I have like a small little bat show up out of nowhere mm-hmm. back at the old house. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you live here now. I don't right. know how you got exactly. here, where you came, but you live here now. Exactly. Um, and, and the current owner, she's like, oh, I hate those. And they take them out. And I'm like, I would leave them alone. I would too. They or get, or, or um, move them. Move them. Because yeah. <laughs> they came here of their own free will. Yeah. Um, that's, that's... Don't upset them. I wouldn't upset them either because that's pretty, uh, that's pretty important, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward uh, to celebrating with everyone. And if you, uh, I, I, I have one last thing I want to, I want to read before, cause this is cool. I found this roomy co- quote and um, I think it like totally sums up this time of year. It, um, it says, and don't think the garden loses its ecstasy in winter. It's quiet, but the roots are down there riotous. And, and I think that sums it up completely because even when we think, you know, like we're stagnant or we're, you know, we're in a kind of a, a bad spot that there's always something underneath that is working. And that if mm-hmm. we can just tap into that and tap into that hope and that light and, and manifest you know, it's weak. It, it, everything will transform and, you know, and I think it's a good. Yeah. And I think human wise, like that would be if, if you had plans that you were plant plotting mm-hmm. on or wanting exactly. to do with this year, this is the time to start totally putting those into action. Exactly. Like, what do you need to do to start mm-hmm. doing that? I almost feel like it's weird because I do, I almost feel like, you know, everybody does their, New Year's resolutions early, but I almost feel like this is a secondary kind of a thing because I'm the same way where like, I'm not quite ready yet. Mm. I'm plotting, I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> right. so it's like, but uh, yeah, it's um, one of, one of my fav- favorites for sure. <laughs> awesome. So <laughs> if you are local, you can join Holly for an open um, in bulk celebration and we're looking at some future ones possibly being available to join us online uh, via Zoom if you're not local. Right. So keep an eye out for others coming up that right. you can you can join us if you don't have, you know, camaraderie near you. You can right. join us online. It really it's it's just nice because 
these, um, you know, I had been a sort of a solitary practitioner for a really long time, but it's just nice to have community and to celebrate these just, mm -hmm. you know, um, it means, I think it, it really lifts your spirits and it's, it's a good time is had by all, I do believe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to finish hashing out those details. So yeah. keep an eye guys. And uh, thanks for joining. And Holly, thank you again. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You should see the amount of paperwork she comes in it's for her true. research. I'm a nerd. <laughs> so, so, and it's funny between you and like when Zach brings his topics, like I have to edit out him like pen clicking and page flipping. Um, and, you know, you're sitting close enough that, right. you know, we don't I have, have to notes about it. from my, from school. I have, you know, like. <laughs> So and I'm like, I just show up with a laptop and start talking. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I have to easy in. But, um, but thank you for bringing oh, your thanks. knowledge. I appreciate it greatly. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you guys again on the next episode. Sounds good. <laughs>